The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. Today we have the pleasure of having with us Joseph Lento, the maestro, a conservatory-trained professional musician, teacher, advocate who does so much for so many of us whose brains happen to be a little bit different, and he's going to tell you all about it. Joseph, welcome to Exploring Different Brains. Thank you very much, Dr. Reitman. It's really an honor to be here. Well, the honor is ours, and you can call me Hacky. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a lot better than I did so our audience can get a feel for all the different stuff you're doing? Well, um, I, I think that you were overgenerous in your introduction, and I really appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I'm a kid from the Bronx. I grew up playing stickball and football and all those things, and um, you know, loved music from the time I was five years old, but we were pretty poor and uh, couldn't afford the trumpet that I wanted. And when I got into middle school, I was given the opportunity to play the trumpet, and it changed my life. And uh, it really helped me organize my thoughts and feelings and how my brain works. And I realized then how important music was to all of us, even if you didn't want to pursue it on the professional level. I saw what it did for kids. And where do you think you'd be if it weren't for music? You know, um, I was only talking about that the other day with um, one of my brothers and a, another buddy of ours from high school. I really don't know where I'd be. I, I really don't even like to think about it. Because of music, I have the career and blessing to be an educator. Um, I've been a professional musician since I'm 16 years old. I've played for, you know, wonderful um, people my entire life. I don't know where I'd be without music. It certainly would not be here speaking with you. Well, not many people I meet get named by President Barack Obama to be a national teacher of the arts and humanities, which happened to you in 2014. How did that affect you, if in any way? Um, you know, it was, it was a great, great honor to be recognized by uh, President Obama in that way. Of course, there are millions and millions of deserving teachers all across the country. Um, it really said to me that the people really do understand what the arts are about. And we often think of, especially presidents who were more important than them in our uh, political landscape, they really give thought to these things and they understand the importance of it. And that message really reinvigorated me to... Um, push forward even more than I was doing. And I said, well, if President Obama thinks that much of a kid from the Bronx uh, doing what he loves, then I've got to do even more than I've been doing. And I've really been more motivated than ever these past four years. And you've been teaching uh, in either Yonkers or New York and doing your thing for over 26 years. Uh, actually, I started in 1984. So it's 34 years come this September. Wow, you don't look old enough. Oh, I'm old enough. All right. Now, one of the reasons you and I see eye to eye on a lot of things is you get 
that each of our brains is different and you get that society needs to understand and embrace neurodiversity for the benefit of all of us. And this manifested itself in something you developed called Class Act. Why don't you tell us how Class Act evolved? Sure, and I, and I can't take um, full credit for it. Uh, Miss Kelly um, was the co-founder with me uh, on that, and she was a uh, woman who was, you know, a great musician and a school administrator, probably 30 years into her career at that time, and I was, you know, a neophyte. I was, I was a real beginner. Um, but it began in 1985 when I had my first permanent teaching assignment at my alma mater, Lehman High School in the Bronx. In those days, getting a music position was very, very difficult. But the principal wanted me there, and I wanted to be there. I had minored in history, so I had gotten a license to teach what they called social studies at the time. And it was to special needs students. Um, and I had the you know prerequisite special education credits, but I didn't know what I was doing. As most people don't know what they do when they first enter the classroom. You learn so much from the kids. And this unique group of students had emotional disabilities, they had physical disabilities, and they were just absolutely great young people. And I said to them, I said, you know, want to learn how to play instruments in addition to learning about social studies. So I set up a little space in the back of the room. I was able to find instruments, buy some instruments, cobble some instruments together. And before you know it, we had a band program for the special needs kids at Lehman High School, which to that point, they weren't even given a music class. And then I teamed up with Miss Kelly, and together we put our kids together. She was doing the same thing in her school, and we found that we were the only two people doing what we were doing. And when we joined forces, we made the band Class Act, and they performed, and it was just, it was amazing, just absolutely amazing to see what music did for those young people who nobody thought they could think differently than what you know, how they presented. Very interesting. How did you and your brain choose the trumpet? You know, I was five years old. I'll never forget this moment. It's one of those never forget moments. And I was in the living room and the TV was on and big as life, there's Louis Armstrong. That big smile, that handkerchief, that trumpet. I looked at it and I said, I want to be him. And and my living room is essentially a, a shrine to Satchmo. Um, he was absolutely the greatest influence on music um, in the 20th century for um, not only jazz, um, pop, but also orchestral music. He had a great, great influence on um, trumpet players. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I saw him, and that's all I wanted to do. And Seven years later, I got the opportunity to do it. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story if I can. I was rejected for band in the second grade. A music teacher, I was actually rejected for a band class. We were at PS72 where I attended elementary school. They were putting a band program together. And a gentleman came in the room and auditioned us. And he asked me to move my fingers as if I was playing a trumpet. 
and I said, well, I got this. I'm going to be in the band. I was rejected for the band. And I went on to become a professional musician. So that, that goes to show you how little uh, teachers took into account um, that everybody can succeed if they're given an opportunity and how music can bring out successes that some children might not ordinarily have. So, but I didn't let it stop me. I just kept pursuing it until I was in a position to get that trumpet. Well, the great teachers let you take a shot. Take a shot. As uh, my old friend Angelo Dundee, who had 15 world champions, Muhammad Ali, he used to say, let him take a shot. Take a shot. Get in the ring, see what you got, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and Louis Armstrong, you talk about him. I remember the words that struck out to me when they were doing a special on him once was the irrepressible humanity that you just felt around him. You know, you just felt that good feeling, which, you know, is a quality in itself, a quality in itself, and able to translate that into his music. Oh, absolutely. He was just, you know, uh, for many, many years, he went around the world uh, as a, an ambassador for our nation. And um, th there wasn't anybody who didn't smile just by looking at him. Just by looking at him. He just, you know, what you said, you summed it up beautifully. Now, tell us what you're doing presently. Well, right now I'm preparing to... Um, do an interview for Manhattan Cable. This is the third year that they've invited me on. And it's going to be a roundtable discussion on the inclusion model, which began in about 1987, where students with special needs were first mainstreamed into the general education classes. We're going to also be discussing how parents can get the programs uh, that their children with special needs um, must have. And we're also going to talk about, uh, there's a big movement now known as um, the reflective practices um, movement. And it's no longer do these schools want to deal with discipline in the traditional way, but they want to have these transformative practices where they discuss the behavior of the student, and so on and so forth. And, you know, this is something I've been doing for a very, very long time, um, not even really knowing it, because when you use music, you're transforming, you know, and having these reflective practices all the time. So we're also going to be discussing the reflective practices and how I would see integrating it in a real um, academic and artistic way a lot of places are just sort of playing music for people and there's no real Socratic follow-up on getting people to think about what they're doing. So I think we've kind of put together a nice package that um, I'm going to talk about more on that um, program. Understood. Okay. Now, Joseph, what do you like doing the best? Do you like playing music or teaching? Um... Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, teaching is my favorite. Um, there's just no better feeling than where you're seeing 
young people, you know, when they're playing those instruments, I can actually see their minds opening up. Um, I know that that might sound corny, but it's true because you can just see it and then you hear it and you can see the way they interact with the other kids in the class, which before they hadn't had that same interaction with. So there's nothing better than having somebody realize their potential, and especially when it's music. It gives me a great great deal of satisfaction, but I, mean, I love to play music, and uh, I love to play my trumpet and, and so on, but there's, you know, if I had to choose between the two, we would be teaching every time. Very well said. Um, Joey, is there anything else that you'd like to cover that we haven't covered during this? Um, well, there are a couple of things, um, if I may. One of them was, you know, many years ago, I actually put um, into uh, a study what was going on with the kids in my program. Now, it wasn't anything new that people hadn't done before, but in terms of the populations of kids I was using, that was different. Um, I was teaching at Lehman High School, and I used probably close to 200 students in a, uh, a study, and they were not only kids with the highest traditional IQs, but also kids with um, emotional and academic um, problems. And I did a side-by-side -side comparison of the students who took instrumental music and those who did not. And the kids who took instrumental music, including the ones that before had lower grades, all of a sudden were now scoring much higher in every academic subject that was taught in the high school, whether it was foreign language, science, math, history, all of them with a minimum of two years of experience in my class now began having much higher grades. And I'm very, very proud of that because it really shows the power of music across all different brain types. So that, that's something that um, I still use till this day when I'm discussing things with people. And also making music more accessible to our students with special needs. I've recently been, been involved with a company called Loyi Music, for which I'm not a paid endorser or anything like that. And they've devised um, a polymer trumpet, which is over here to my right, which is so lightweight that people who have motor difficulties and who lack certain upper body strength, um, they can negotiate this instrument. And so I'm very, very happy to um, begin the process of opening up awareness of the instrument. This is a prototype, and it's not complete yet. Um, now, I've played it, um, and it's it's got a wonderful sound. And soon, when the finished product is available, I'm going to play it, and I'm going to share it on uh, the LinkedIn website. But the cost value of something like this would also be something that our special needs communities can afford. And bringing music to our special needs communities is something I really, really want to do. So any way I can do it, I'm going to, I'm going to do my very best to do that. And now, is there an age at which you can't learn music anymore if you've never done it? 
Oh, I, I would I would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. Of course, starting earlier is better. Um, I know I wish I could have started when I was five, but it just wasn't in the cards. But that doesn't mean that you can't make up the ground. Um, so no, anytime you want to start an instrument, please, by all means, you know, playing an instrument opens up your mind and your heart in ways that you can't imagine. Um, in order just to play a clarinet or a saxophone or a trumpet, your brain has to do eight or nine things at once. And when I see a kid with special needs who might not have a typically high IQ um, and they're playing that trumpet and, and doing great, I'm saying people don't realize all the things that are going on in their mind at this one time. You have to decode, you have to evaluate, you have to put emotion into it, you have to use air. It's fascinating what the human body and brain has to do to negotiate a, uh, an instrument. That's very instructive, you know, and we've, we've had some people on different brains who, uh, you know, musical therapists, music therapists, which, you know, is uh, getting a bigger, bigger uh, role now with special needs as well. Yes. And, uh, um, well, thank you so much for sharing with all of us. I learned a lot today, and it's been a real pleasure to speak with you, and I hope you'll have time to come back and talk to us again sometime. Dr. Reitman, it would be my absolute pleasure. Uh, and I want to congratulate you and your entire staff for what you're doing. I share all the information that you send out. People are amazed. They write back to me and they say, this is amazing. And it is. Um, so my hat's off to you and your entire organization. And I look forward to um, speaking with you in the future. Well, thank you very much. We owe it all to our wonderful interns and staff who are terrific here. And uh, all of us have different brains here. We're a neurodiverse bunch here. But thank you very much for the kind words. And for all of us here at differentbrains.org, thank you so much for being our guest on Exploring Different Brains. Joseph Lento, professional musician, maestro, but most importantly, a teacher and an innovator who uses music to reach us all. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Reitman. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.